Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Unashamed Podcast. Uh, we'll go over some real quick housekeeping real quick. Um, just simple prayer request, uh, as we did on the last one, continue to pray for Myrtle Meeks. And a huge, well, it's a praise and also a prayer request, pray for uh, Steve Chapman, who just had open heart surgery. But praise God that he brought him through the heart surgery. Now we just need to be praying for the very long recovery ahead. But... That's all I got, guys. Um, and we actually have two special guests here today. We've got Brother Robbie Jackson, and we've got Brother John Clark. Guys, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. So one thing that we are wanting to talk about today <laughs> is the state of churches today. And this was actually what Tyler brought up to me about something that he wanted to discuss with yeah. you guys. Yeah, so uh, before we get started today, um, I wanted to kind of add a statistic from our last podcast. Um, I forgot to say one uh, small statistic that might make it more clear what I was trying to say in the last uh, podcast, but um, when we look at percentage of prisoners um, and their ethnicities, we got 57.6% of white prisoners. 38.4% of black prisoners and 1.4% of Asian Americans. And uh, I know y'all haven't heard the podcast yet, um, but I went into detail about how important it is to have two parents in the household. Um, and if it didn't make a difference, then you should see the same, uh, the same equal distribution in the population as you do in prisons, if it did make a difference. Um, but uh, African Americans um, have the highest uh, percentage of single-family households, and they have um, the highest percentage compared to their population. Their population is 18.9%, and the population of prisoners is 38.4%. So there's a big difference, and if you look at um, Asian Americans, they only have 15% of single-family households, and they only have 1.4% of prisoners um, as far as the eth ethnicity distribution is uh, concerned. And so I just wanted to give you the, um, the population percentages compared to the percentage of prisoners. So there's 59.3% of white Americans. Um, of the prisoners, 57.6% of those are white, so that's fairly close to the same. Um, with African American, it's 38.4% uh, of prisoners um, are African American, and 18.9% of the population is African American. So there's a big jump there um, where if it didn't make a difference, then they should be the 38.4 and 18.9 should be close to equal. Um, and then Asian American, uh, the percentage of Asian American prisoners is 1.4%, and the population of Asian Americans is 5.9%. Um, 
with 15%, uh, only 15% in single-family households. So um, go back and kind of use that to kind of help you listen to the first podcast that we had. But with all that being said, let's start on today's topic. Um, and today's topic is the state of churches today. Um, uh, so uh, this is one thing that a lot of us can see in today's times is how the church is slowly or kind of quickly here recently <coughs> moving away from God and implementing new things into you know churches that wouldn't necessarily have been there, say, what, 40 years ago? I mean... Mm-hmm if not 20 years ago um so we kind of have we kind of broke it down into a few subtopics and so uh, one of the ways that it's different today um than it was back then is you're starting to see a huge falling away of christians um and it seems that a lot of people are forgetting about god and forsaking the assembling of themselves together Mm. Um, so what do you think one of the biggest causes is just because I mean you got to think about it it all starts in the home with a mama and daddy that are either going to church or they're not going to church at all if any maybe what Easter and Christmas is the stereotypical when they go to church mm-hmm. I mean John what's what's one big thing you think that could attribute to kids that were raised in church and starting to kind of drift away that may or may not have ever been saved well, one one thing I think would be a key aspect to that would be, and just society in general, um, in order to be an efficient Christian, being able to separate you know truth from untruth, um, and that's take, that 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 takes being grounded in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Bible is our main basis for belief. I mean, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have reasons to believe that. You know, homosexuality would be a sin, or gluttony, or pride, or anything like that would be a sin if it wasn't mm-hmm. for the Bible telling us that it's a sin. Or wearing two different uh, um, materials. Right, right. So, you know, in order to be able to, I mean, uh, I mean, the word specifically says, "How thy word in thy heart, so I might not sin against thee." You have to be grounded in the Word in order to be able to separately, you know, keep yourself separate from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think the main downfall is is not staying grounded in the word because if you were staying grounded in the world, you wouldn't be so swayed by society today. Mm-hmm. And society has, I mean, it's always had a strong influence throughout mm-hmm. the generations, but it, in particularly now, when you got everything around the generation of today, or not even just the generation of today, you know, I mean, it's you know, even even as some of us, you know, us, us older ones, I mean. Every, everything that we've known to be wrong is right now mm-hmm. and, yeah. and vice versa you know yeah. so and society can be a very strong influence when you're around your peers you know that mm-hmm. you know maybe it doesn't you know live the church lifestyle that you live you know if you're not grounded in the word you can be it's very very easy to be swayed and now start to believe ways that you didn't originally believe mm-hmm. yeah you know and start compromising on your beliefs um I've heard more than anything. I mean, a lot of churches do things different. I mean, some churches have, you know, a Sunday morning only service, and then they'll have like a a, a prayer and Bible study Wednesday night. Or they'll all have like worship before and then Sunday school after or something right. I mean, it, changed it, up. Yeah. And churches, I mean, there ain't no specific way that's laid out, spoon-fed, written in red, you know, of how um, 
you know, what comes first and necessarily in the church services, you know, according to the word. But, um, you know, at the same time, if the Lord has led you to the church, you know, to that church, you need to be faithful in the which in which the mm-hmm. ways that they do things are. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately at our church, you know, we still have Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, Wednesday night. And I'm thankful for that because me personally, I need it as much as I can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Oh, we need it in this day and age. But Robbie, what do you think yeah. is a big attribute to that? I mean, obviously, you guys are two dads. You guys have, both have kids. And, I mean, it's, you know, what is one thing that you think starts pulling, you know, kids, teenagers, or just point blank adults that are Christians or may not even be Christians that were raised up in church? Um, we just live in a world that um, is geared towards... It's almost like it's, I mean, Satan is the mastermind. Oh, 100%, yeah. And he has arranged society to, I believe, specifically attract church people Mm -hmm. away from church. Yeah. And um, there's a long list of of factors um, that contribute to the great falling away. Mm -hmm. But I think... I think at the top of the list is just simply it's a fulfillment of prophecy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bible says this is going to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if the Bible says it, it it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to happen. And um, it's discouraging in a sense, but also encouraging mm-hmm. at the same time. Discouraging because we want to see our church grow. We mm-hmm. want to see souls saved. We see lives changed by the gospel of Christ and um, and we don't want to see people getting out of church mm-hmm. but at the same time we know that before Jesus comes mm-hmm. this this is going yeah, to happen. This has to happen so it's also a reminder that he's coming soon yeah and our hearts should be in tune with the Apostle John in the book of Revelation where he said even so come Lord Jesus oh yeah so it's it's a fulfillment of prophecy I think is the number one contributing factor mm-hmm. because God said this is what's going to happen so that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. um, but uh, what's causing it is uh, just the world, the flesh and the devil yeah you know? so. I think yeah. a big thing that you just said it was compromising and I actually, I think I've seen you put it on Facebook. It was that picture of the, um, you know, the big rock show with lights, <coughs> fog machines, and everything like that. And I fully agree with you. It should not look like churches should not churches should not look like a club, a rock concert at all, yeah. or a concert where. And what happens at those things? Which I'll just go ahead and say, everybody sins every single day of every single year. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you go there intentionally knowing what you are getting into and you are being a part of that, then, I mean, what's the difference of going to a church where there's essentially a rock show and then going to a rock show well, where there's no actual preaching of the word? Uh, there, I mean, and then the preaching of the word that there is the preaching of the part that makes you feel good and then mm-hmm. leaves everything else out, yeah. you know. I mean, Second Timothy 3, or no, sorry, Second Timothy 3, Four, three through four says, "For time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine." Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we're we're called to be separate and different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the one the the main 
rebuttal that I've had about, had against, you know, with that is uh, that, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus himself, you know, hung out with, with sinners. Um, oh, yeah. Well, the, the difference is he, you know, he, he loved the sinner, but he didn't participate in their sin. Yeah. Exactly. And that, you know, you obviously have to, uh, you, you can't help what you, what people do, but you can help what you do. And oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't have to agree with the way somebody does or thing, feels or thinks or acts, you know, in order to love them and befriend mm-hmm. them. Uh, I still want to show Jesus to them, but that is not, you know, loving them does not mean the way the modern day church says it. You know, yeah. it just says Jesus is love. Yeah, Jesus is love, but Jesus is also the same God of wrath that he was back in the days of Moses. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, I am Lord thy God, I change not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sin, sin is sin. It was the sin, same sin from back then that it is now, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's, um, I mean, you don't, don't participate in their sin you know i i for one was i mean i before i got saved and come to know christ i was in the clubs and in the bars and all that all the time a lot of it was playing music other parts of it was just that was my hanger out you know mm-hmm. um and so when i go if anybody knows it's me i mean if i go into a church that resembles everything that those clubs that's unequivocally wrong mm-hmm. You know, there. I mean, Bible says what well, is hitting the darkness will come to light, mm-hmm. and just the fact that they're trying to dim the lights more and more, paint everything yeah. black, dim the yeah. lights. That says something to me. Why are you trying to hide? Oh yeah, I you mean, know? heck, yeah. Psalms one nineteen says, "Thy word is a lamp unto right. my feet and a light unto <clears> my path." So therefore, what isn't in light is in darkness, and in darkness is evil. Right. Essentially, that's why in the beginning there was light whenever god created it he did not intend for if you fast forward he did not intend for all the evil and the wickedness to come into the world he didn't you know want eve to partake of the fruit he didn't want adam to partake of the fruit but they did and and to like getting back to falling away to if people who aren't involved with church see those things happening in church Mm -hmm. they don't think there's any difference Right. Mm-hmm. So if I saw, you know, somebody sinning, and I wasn't a Christian, right? I saw a Christian doing this sin. Well, I do that same sin too. They do it. It's not that big of a deal, right? And we're supposed to be different than the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll talk to later about how there's starting to be a marriage between the world and the church when they're yeah. supposed to be separation. Separated. Um, but I kind of want to go back to what Robbie said is, you know, the way things are designed in the world right now, you can pretty much get any entertainment that you want, right? right. And so, or go do anything that you want to do, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like a lot of people, instead of putting forth the effort to come worship God and spend time with God, you have those people desiring other things and wanting to go do other things you know um like for example watch football on a sunday instead of going to church you know um and it's just it's because the world has been designed that way especially with the internet and everything that's happened over the past few years um we can just get anything we want at any time Mm -hmm. and 
we're not a lot of people not us but a lot of people aren't willing to sit in a church service when they can be at home watching HGTV <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. or whatever they watch you know football oh, well, 100%. I mean, it, you don't have to go back that far just uh, a generation and I mean <clears throat> on Sunday everything was shut down yeah. and and for the purpose, it was the Lord's Day. It was in respect to the Lord's Day and in respect to the fact that uh, people go to church. And in just, I'd say, the last 50 years, you know, um, little by little, slowly but surely, slow enough people didn't even take notice to what was happening. Um, places of businesses opening on Sunday, which means they have to have workers on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, and every industry you can think of, you know, is moving in that direction to where um, Sunday's just another day and, and, and they just really don't care, you know, about uh, people's uh, faith. And, uh, and a lot of people feel that pressure, you know, you got to have a job, you got to pay bills, buy groceries. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, a lot of people will uh, uh, get out of church not, um, so to speak, on purpose, but they get out of church because of just circumstances that came up in their life that they really couldn't help, you know. Do you think that a lot of these big industries, which this is at least just what I'm looking at it and getting it, is that a lot of people that, you know, were shut shut down, you know, big CEOs that were shutting down their businesses on Sunday have turned to worshiping the almighty dollar mm-hmm. rather than worshiping the almighty God. I yeah. mean, that's that's what America is based off of now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, everybody, I say everybody, you know, America was founded upon you know god first right mm-hmm. um but it's turned into a place and i'm not saying capitalism is a bad thing because i mean capitalism helps us have the things we have right now but you know we do have people who are abandoning you know god in place of searching for that dollar you know searching for financial gain and not thinking twice about the other people it's affecting. Um, well, I think uh, I think a lot of, of too is, yeah, it is a falling away. Uh, like Robbie was stating, you know, I mean, it's prophetic. And it is encouraging to, in a sense, to know, I mean, it's reassuring that the Bible is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it, too, is the where, once again, what is hidden darkness comes to light. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus isn't exactly the most popular topic of today's time. No, no. Um, and uh, where, it's like Robbie was saying, just you know, just a few you know, decades ago, church was the thing. You even, know, that I mean, was even just a decade. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I'll fine. get back to you. But I saw this statistic on uh, on the Pew Research Center, and a decade from 2019, the amount of people who say that they're Christians dropped from 78 percent. Or seventy-seven percent to sixty-five percent over just ten years. Right, and, and it goes—it goes to show, you know, 
I think it's the intentions of the heart. I mean, the Bible says in Matthew, you know, seven, or straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Yeah. You know, the the kingdom of heaven is going to be. Well, I feel much fewer than what you what yeah. what the world makes it look like it's going to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so. Um, where before, and you know, in the generations past, where Sunday was church day, and that was that was number one priority. That's what you did. Um, everything was closed down. Well, it slowly, as the tables have turned and, and things have changed a little bit, now you have the influence of society now saying, "Hey, you know, it's okay." Well, one that's grounded in their walk with Christ is not going to be so easily moved by that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be the ones that you're going to see in church every time the doors open. And, and I want to make one thing straight too. I mean, because I've heard a lot of people say that you know, well, there ain't nothing that the Bible says you have to be at church at this time and this time and this time and this time. And look, um, it's not so much the have to as much as you have the desire to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, you want to be there because it's God's house. It's where you know His presence is there. You want to be with God's people. You need the encouragement to be lifted up and build strength from them. You have a heart's desire to be there because you want to be further close to Christ as you can be. So when somebody uh, doesn't show up, because it, it's not most of the time. I mean, of course, there's sicknesses and stuff like that that comes up that prevents you from coming. But most of the time, when people aren't there, it's because they don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I, this this is I don't want this to come across as a uh, you know a sneer or a judgment towards anybody, but. Um, once again, the ones that you see there every single time the doors are open that want to be there, those are the ones you can you can bank on most of the time. Yeah, those are the true true children of God. Uh, and the other ones there that are so easily steered by society, telling them that church isn't something you have to go to or it doesn't have to do anything, you know, that basically what that does is it's not only yeah, it may be changing their their thought process, you know, maybe it may they are compromising a little bit because now they have a society that's backing that up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's allowing them to live according to the true desires of their heart, which makes me really concerned for their soul in the first place. Oh, so it could, it, yeah, a lot of it is a falling away and a lot of it is just coming to light, separating the wheat from the tares, you yeah. know, who mm-hmm. is the true children of God and who's not. And, oh, yeah. and I'll say this too before we hop on to the next topic um, but you know people no longer prioritize God right. you know they care about their own desires and their own wants and they don't care about worshipping God as long as everything in their life is going good mm-hmm. um, and I put on here you know the first commandments you know, you know the first commandment uh, should be any gods before the God mm-hmm. and I feel like we're in a place in the world right now where we put all the other gods before God and we just use him as like a wishing well kind of like anytime we need something we just flip a penny in there and hope it works that and we don't have nothing else to do right think about it like this when you start a sentence which type of letter do you use do you use the capital letter Mm -hmm. which means your day should start with the capital G God and I mean really you should always start, not just your day, your everything, your church day, your work day. I mean, it should always come first. Worship God, do what we are supposed to do, and then let the other little letters fall where they do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and with that being said, I'm, I'm going to move on to our next topic. 
Um, Actually, I got one more thing. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but um, when it, back when we were talking about it, about you know the weeds and the tear and everything in this day and age, you know I feel as though church should be a refuge for us. Just because I mean, like you, you work in customer service, so I I can guarantee you there's at least one day a week where you have a bad day, probably That's from right. just a certain customer or something like that. And it's just like you're like I just need to make it to Wednesday. I just need to make it to Sunday. Church should be we should go because we want to, but it should all you should want to go because it's I don't know about y'all. Whenever I get to church, I get the oh, like I'm here. I can rest. I can relax. I can, you know, I don't have to worry about anything else right, right now. I've got one thing to worry about. A church is your escape. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, yeah. that's, you walk in and I'm going to be having the worst of days and you walk into church and it's it's like all those problems that you had in your mind before walking in just suddenly went away mm-hmm. just by the uplifting word. You know, hey, brother, how you doing? I love you. You know, just uplifting word of, of the fellow saints in the church. But it's just like all that goes away. You put all back behind us. You don't have to focus on that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you're here in a place where the influences, talking about the influences, mm-hmm. the influences of those have a mindset of God. Mm-hmm. And they're going to point you toward that same direction and help you keep your eyes focused on God. You know, the word says, you know, I'll keep him in perfect peace whose mm-hmm. eyes stays on thee. Yeah. Um, you know. And and I feel too, I mean, that that does actually lead into the next point is you have, uh, you know, the wheat and the tare. You know, you do have hypocrites in the church. Um, so uh, I heard this thing the other day. Um, you shouldn't be going to church for the people anyway mm-hmm. um that's hypocrites being in church i've i was told one time i was talking to somebody who um no longer went to church um and they said that they couldn't they didn't like going to church because everybody that was there was looking down on him and they had other stuff in their life, openly sinning other stuff in their life, and they were looking down because of his sin um, and the stuff that he was, you know, struggling with himself. Um, yeah. And so he didn't want, he didn't feel like part of a home or that haven that we just talked about is because other people were looking down. And I feel like that happens a lot, especially in a church I used to go to. We're not name dropping here, but you would have your cliques and certain groups. And then if you weren't part of that, you were just completely excluded. Mm-hmm. And, you, yeah. I mean, go find another church because you're not welcomed here. Yeah. Um, I also feel like, you know, you said that they were looking down on him for sins that he was committing. Yes, nobody's perfect. But all, that to me, that sounds almost like conviction, that you know that you're just openly sinning. And mm-hmm. which, I mean, we'll never know the situation, but, did you ever think that maybe somebody's ever trying to steer you in the right direction? Just because we're all sinners, but also, like me and John, if I was doing something wrong or he was doing something wrong, I know without a shadow of a doubt it's going to be like, hey, man, what's I'm, going on? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not talking about going to somebody in love and talking to them. I'm talking about bashing them behind their back oh, and yeah, talking yeah. about them. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. talking about. I'm not yeah. talking about you know being a loving friend saying, hey, mm-hmm. you know this stuff isn't healthy for you. Right, you know, right. You need to cut that from your life mm-hmm. and you need to um break away um but going back to um you don't need to go to church <coughs> because of hypocrites anyway um i heard this thing the other day um i'm not crediting this to myself because i heard it. i thought it was pretty cool though 
Um, somebody saying I'm not going to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites is like saying I'm not going to the gym because there's a bunch of people who's out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? It's yeah. it's just like that because, I mean, we're all broken when we come to mm-hmm. church. You know, we all have our own yeah. stuff that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all supposed to be working on ourselves, right, and not necessarily working on somebody else, trying exactly. to fix somebody else. You need to fix yourself first. Oh, 100%. Well, it's just, it's a cop-out, um, people using it hypocrite excuse as to why not to come to church. I think it's very, very important to properly define what a hypocrite is. And I think people in people who are saved, genuine Christians will understand this, but the world does not right. comprehend this. Um, somebody who is um, uh, they, they're struggling with a sin but now their heart is sincere their heart belongs to the Lord they have a great desire to live for him and to glorify him with their life but there's this sin that's in their life that they're trying to you know some sort of addiction or whatever and they're trying to break away from it and they just haven't you know gotten the victory that they're looking for and they haven't gotten the deliverance that they've uh, uh, been striving for yet I, I don't label that person as a hypocrite you know yeah. uh, just because they may have sin in their life mm-hmm. uh, that's just that's just a, a you know a, a struggling Christian yeah. you know um, but the world will see that person and and, uh, and see their sin and 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 think okay he goes to church so that makes him a hypocrite you know, um, and so that's that's a struggle. That's a struggle. Um, but um, but the word hypocrite is basically it means an actor, mm-hmm. someone who's pretending. And, mm-hmm. and the biggest thing, the the biggest story in the Bible that I could think of is in John eight mm-hmm. one through eleven, when it's the woman caught in the act yes. of adultery. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, when I was looking at this last night, that was the the scripture that was coming to my head every time. Is, yeah. You know, you know. <clears throat> the Pharisees probably, you know, pointed the finger at her and mm-hmm. said she was a hypocrite, but they were the hypocrites right. themselves. Right. And, yeah. And were you going to say something, John? Well, uh, you know, people, we, we forget about grace. We forget grace. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, you know, by grace we're saved. Um, you know, grace is basically an act of of mercy for not, you know, of not reacting and or, or treating you in the way or, or, um, you know, maybe or maybe in the way that in accordance with how you actually deserve really to be, to be treated or to be, you know, because of your actions, your sins and stuff, you know, by, God knew um, everything that we've ever committed. We're going to commit. But loved us enough that He shed grace on us and mercy mm-hmm. and, and, and saved us anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, those of us, of us that that accepted that gift of salvation when His Holy Spirit drew. You know, but it's you know I've heard this multiple times and trying to witness to other other folks that um, they don't feel comfortable in the church because of how they're shamed, how they're treated, and a lot of that could be that that's 
like you said, conviction, John, where it's already in their mind. They know what they're doing is wrong, and they've already perceived it's naturally going to be uncomfortable for them being around people that they know adhere to a certain standard. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, other ones are kind of right on the fact on that. Um, you know, I mean, there's some people where their Christianity is like a badge of superiority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, rather than what what Christianity really is, it's a... It's a symbolization of weakness of self. You know, we are, we are, we are, we are too little or too too weak to be able to do this life on our own. Mm-hmm. We need Christ. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's what that's what that is. You know, so it's adhering and surrendering in to the ways to Christ and to His ways, and that is to loving people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and the thing too, you said, you know, these people think there's like a superiority you know because they've attained some people are like that right right um you know i think it comes down to as well is a lot of people don't view every sin as equal right that's correct and so they think well i'm not partaking in this i am better than them you know their their sin is worse than my sin where we need to go back to james chapter 2 verse 10 for whosoever shall keep the whole law whole Mm -hmm. law Yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Right. Mm-hmm. If you offend in one point, you're guilty. You're, you're guilty you're of guilty. everything, because I mean, you're still falling short in the law. Doesn't matter which law it is. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter which sin you're committing. Um, you know, it's still sin. You know, whether it's as weak as not us, but a lot of people classify big sins and little sins. All sins equal to God. Yeah. Um, and so you have. You know, too many times you have people looking down on other people because right. of that as well. Do you think that, which this is something I've just kind of been thinking about, do you think that with one sin equaling, you know, they're all the same, do you think that's another form of God's grace? Because if God thought about sin how we think of sin, which one we already don't deserve to go to heaven. We, yeah, I'll just put yeah. that out on the table. We don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Nobody here deserves it. Well, but it's just, do you think that's another showing of grace? Just because, I mean, if you think about it, if you got a guy down the road in Rossville, Georgia, that kills 50 people, you know, rapes 50 women and all this, that, and the other, we're looking at him like, dang. Right. But you. But God looks at him and it's like, it's all the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, there, there are degrees of sin and there's degrees of punishment. Um, Jesus was preaching in Matthew chapter 11, Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Matthew chapter 11, verse 21. Woe unto thee, Chorazin, woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. So your judgment is going to be worse than yeah. their judgment. Yes. There yeah. are degrees yeah. of sin. Mm-hmm. There are degrees of punishment. Yeah. It's right there yeah. in Matthew chapter See, 11. not only are our <clears throat> listeners going to be learning something, I just learned something. Yeah. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in the, for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. 
your punishment is going to be worse than their punishment. Mm, okay. That's what Jesus is saying. I right see. Heck yeah, everybody's learning so something today. I think, I think though, the key, the key though to look at it is, you know, there's only one unpardonable sin, and that yeah. is rejection of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know? yep. Amen. Bro. So, um, and you know that person that you're talking about that you know killed 50 people, raped 50 women out. You know, yeah. he's a whosoever. Exactly. You know, yes. The Holy Spirit draws us to salvation. You mm-hmm. know, and when the Holy Spirit enter in, it doesn't matter what that sin was. Mm-hmm. There's forgiveness that awaits them as long as you know they reach they accept that free, you know they accept them. the Holy Spirit starts starts drawing them, you know as long as they surrender to that there's forgiveness that awaits them mm-hmm. and you're right it's a whosoever will salvation right. but if that whosoever will salvation is rejected by whosoever that's mm-hmm. correct yeah. then yeah. that's um, you know uh, in the book of Acts. They, the disciples, they were speaking of Judas, you know, who had just betrayed Christ and hung himself. And uh, I can't remember verbatim uh, the scripture, but it, it, it's like it alluded to the fact that Judas has got his own special little place in hell, you know, just for him. I mean, because what he did was so bad, you mm-hmm. know, um, betraying Christ the way he did. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was just a question. I thought about it one day, and I thought, you know what, this would be a good episode just to discuss it, just because, I mean, I know you've been preaching for how long now? Uh, a little over 20 years. A little over 20 years. I mean, you've got all kinds of biblical knowledge. I mean, John, you've been saved almost 10 years now? I got saved in May of, May of 2013, so yeah, May this year will be 10 years. Yeah, this is. I really wanted to bring it up then, just because, I mean, well, really nobody knows every single answer that you're ever going to have questions about in the Bible, but this was something that I just wanted to learn from myself on this one. Well, I mean, there's even certain, you know, it's, it's, it's good that, which I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not 100% familiar with that scripture that he just stated. Um, so yeah, I definitely learned something new today, but also, I mean, there are, you know, like homosexuality, for instance, he specifically labels that as an abomination. Yeah. yeah. Other sins are not listed into the same yeah you know with the same same way oh yeah you know so i don't think it's um but we all need to remember <clears throat> the so-called you know and i know it, i know god don't look at it this way but just the so-called the way we our terminology the so-called little sins without the blood of christ the little sins will put you in a devil's hell. Oh, hundred percent. You know, right. we all stand in need oh, of yeah. salvation. Yes, hundred percent. Right. right. Yeah. There was, I think that um, there was one one person. This was several years ago. I was really trying to witness to, and just couldn't seem to get through. And the one hang-up that he had that bothered him the most was how was this exact this here how um, you know. God, you know, how, how somebody, you know, well, he, he specifically referenced, like, Hitler. That was a specific yeah. reference mm-hmm. that he used. You know, mass genocide, mm-hmm. you know, could go to heaven, you know, and and where somebody that's, he's always known to be a sweet character and stuff like that could, uh, could go to hell. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
That it really is. I mean, that's a hard. I mean, that really is a hard pill to swallow. It is. Yeah. Very hard pill to swallow. It, yes. it really is. I mean, if you think about it. But I, at the same time, God's grace is sufficient. You know, that sinner was offered. You know, what he labeled as a sinner, grace was the same grace was offered to him as to the the sweet mm-hmm. the one of the sweet character that he yeah. was labeled as a saint. You know, and it's a matter of who accepts Christ or not you know it's not a matter of Christ sending us to hell as much as that's where we were heading in the first place mm-hmm. yeah but when you came and you said okay well hey you know what I, I see the error of my ways I want to turn to Christ I'm turning to Christ now well that puts you on a detour mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean exactly. and and I heard I mean I heard this before too and I've used it in our Sunday school class a couple times it's like we're all in a sinking boat right, right. We're all in a sinking boat. Yes, sir. But God provides, you know, that lifeline. You choose whether you accept the lifeline yeah. or not. He offers it to everybody, right? But you're going to keep sinking until you take that. And so that's what takes you is everybody is going down. Mm-hmm. It's just you need to Are you going to hold it? Are you going to grab it? Rescue. Are you going to reach out? You're gonna, you have to accept the rescue, accept the gift, mm-hmm. you know, or you're going to continue going. I mean, it really is. A, I mean, uh, I can see where somebody could be taken back by that. But at the same time, it really is a glorious thought that no matter, I mean, once again, with the exception of just completely just rejecting him altogether, there really is no sin too great where his, where gra- his grace, mm-hmm. you know, is not sufficient for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, no matter what you've done, and I truly believe that, you know, there, when we get to heaven, there's going to be ones that here on earth, we in our little minds, we wouldn't have expected to see in heaven. Yeah. You know, and there's going to be some that maybe we've expected to see, but we don't see there. Yeah. You know, it's, um, but God's grace is sufficient for all of us for every, mm-hmm. for all of our wrongdoings, you know. Yeah. Man, we, we kind of got off track there for a little bit. But Sorry, it, it, it was good, though. Hey, it I was good. It. I loved it. I think it was my fault. No, no, <laughs> no that's all fine. good. That is that's all fine. good. Now, one thing that um, it's actually a, a guy that I know, he um, brought this up to me. He said that he'll never go back to church. And hi- hypocrites was one of the things. And he said, church is a fashion show, is what he described it of. Like, what's the first thing, you know, women do whenever they go in there? Oh, look at this nice right. little dress that I got, <laughs> this, that, and the other. And I looked at him. <laughs> I looked at him and I said, but you know what? That's because church is a family as well. Like, there are guys, like, obviously in here, like, y'all are my brothers. If I just went and bought a brand new shotgun, odds are I ain't going to bring it into church. <laughs> I'm going to say, hey, guys, look at this right. new shotgun I bought here. Um, well, there's a lot of, I think I think a big form of hypocrisy in the church is, is what is taught as right and what is taught as wrong. And in mm-hmm. and, and a way of... Uh, by way of personal preference or per, you know, personal conviction versus by way of biblical standard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, um, I, I, once again, we're not mentioning names, but I, I heard a sermon online where uh, a, a guy got up there and no, you know, and it was stating no man, ought, no Christian man ought to have no Duck Dynasty beard. <laughs> uh, uh, oh yeah, that's that matter anyways. Was, was it a bald Wait, beard? hold on, hold on, hold on. Was it a bald Didn't guy? Moses have a beard? Well, I mean, didn't Noah have I mean, a beard? You think about it, you know. I mean, Jesus was a Jew, you know. I mean, Jesus had a they beard. They had they, they had 
beard. The Bible you know. says they plucked the beard from his face. Right, mm-hmm. and you know, and awesome to awesome to also too. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at look at even Samson. You know, as they drew the Nazarites drew strength from their hair. Mm-hmm. You know, they believed their strength came from you know was in their hair. You know, so. But it's one of those things. You keep your eyes focused on the things that matter and the things that don't, and all the things that don't. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you keep it focused on the truth. You know, the redemption, the redemption through through the blood of Christ. You know, and all the little stuff. You know, you can't get up there and, and preach. You know, preach little things like that, and then other stuff. I mean, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna adhere to the old old laws of Moses, mm-hmm. adhere to all of them. You yeah. know. Yeah, let's be honest about it. Let's adhere to all of them. Don't go into here and preach that you no, know, no man needs to have long hair, and then go to go and corral and and, and force three plates of fried chicken down I mean, it's yeah. You know, Why do you I have mean, to bring up fried chicken with Baptist or church people in general? <laughs> I mean, sin is sin, though, right? Yeah, you know, it I is. Mean, it if is. you're going to adhere to one one old law, adhere to them all. That's I mean, yeah. I, mean I think the yeah, I mean, according to the old law, you wouldn't even you can't eat it. I mean. Eating pork is a, 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 that's wrong. Like that's considered unclean. You can't eat no no animal in a in a shell in a shell. You can't have a fence around your house. Uh, women were to be completely dressed in humility at all times, hair in a bun, no makeup, no jewelry, sitting at the back of the church, staying in complete silence. Um, I mean, let's just you know, if you're going to bring out one, let's do them all. You know, I mean, but so it's it's, it's separating your personal convictions. And your personal preferences and your personal beliefs, and preach and separating that, and and not preaching them as biblical standards, and keeping you know keep your your what's what you're teaching you know focus on thus saith the Lord only. And you it's, know? it's sad too that those things can be a stumbling block for somebody who yeah. might come right. to yep. redemption, yeah. um, or come to be saved. Um, and that kind of goes into my next one or my next point. Um, is the false doctrine of people mm-hmm. not preaching um, things that are biblical and preaching what people want to hear? I mean, exactly. We've, we've all yeah. heard the term ear tickling, and that's mm-hmm. that's pastors pandering to an audience for whatever reason, whether they yeah. they want more numbers, whether they want to seem eloquent and intellectual, um, but you, there's so many instances where. Churches today are not standing on the same standards that the Bible lays out for us. They're mm-hmm. standing on something that um, they want to feel good about, that yeah. they want to um, take as fact when, you know, we hear this term, you know, that's not my truth. Well, your truth isn't the truth, yeah, right? Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. And um, the problem is you have too many people wanting to figure out what their truth is and fit God into their truth yeah. instead of fitting their truth to God's truth. You know, mm-hmm. they want to fit God into what they want, but um, they don't want to model their lifestyle about how God wants them mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, can I go ahead and just clear something up? Yeah. Just because you paid the preacher man on the TV five hundred dollars to get you to heaven, that don't mean you're going <laughs> to the heaven. That means you're fattening his pocket. Well, you, you, you don't believe in miracle spring water? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I'll just point it out. Anybody that's listening to this, I can't get you into heaven. John can't get you into heaven. Tyler can't get you into heaven. The preacher man on the TV can't get you to the heaven. And you shouldn't have to pay nothing. Salvation is free. Jesus Christ paid the debt for all of us. 
That way we could go to heaven, but you have to accept that. So well, don't be paying Preacher Man no thousand dollars on the yeah. TV. I know somebody that got really, really excited because they wound up with tickets. They paid like $1,500 huh. uh, to go and hear a pretty well-known tele televangelist. Mm -hmm. They were so excited, and it just blew my mind because yeah. I'm like, since when did the gospel have to be bought? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. hundred percent. Since when was the gospel have to be now, I understand, like, you know, traveling costs. I mean, we take up money for missionaries. Yeah, all the that's time. love offerings. Yeah, yeah love offerings and stuff like that. But at a certain point, what's he doing with that $1,700? Does he need that $1,700 to mm -hmm. continue his ministry? But you also, know? did he have any money in his bank account before then? Right. You know, we don't, there's a difference between charging somebody and mm -hmm. the church giving them something right. for yeah. doing right. that, which I know oh, yeah. Kelsey's daddy, Tim, whenever he would go and preach, they'd give him like, you know, $20. Hey, thank you for driving, you know, 50 miles out here. You know, here's a little bit for your gas tank or this, that, and the other. They'd give him like 40 bucks or something like that, it, or they'd give him nothing at all. But that man never, never asked for anything for him to come and preach. Well, it's yeah. living by faith and not by yeah. sight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what good is faith if when you're requiring your people to, to support you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? I know we're not name dropping, but someone who is a very public figure um, and was a pastor and maybe still is, I don't know, and then he, now he's a senator. Um, <clears throat> how... wonder who that is. How can he... How can he justify uh, some of the? Um, how can he justify what he believes with the Bible? Right. You know. How, how, how can you be for abortion and mm -hmm. for homosexual marriage and you know and other things and still you know and get behind a pulpit. Mm -hmm. right. and, and it makes you wonder what and present yourself as a gospel uh -huh. Christian the damage preacher that does to that, unbelievers yeah that you does know, so much damage to the unbelievers it does so much damage to the reputation of Christianity yeah. as a whole yeah. Yeah. do you know how much that man makes in a month from his church for preaching two sermons a month he mm -hmm. makes $8,000 just for housing just for housing. That's not including his other regular salary that the church gets him, and then he gets it from the Senate. Yeah, and I, and I fully support, you know, financially supporting your pastor. Oh, yes, 100%. You know, I, mean, his, I mean, according to the Bible, I mean, a lot of the things that a, a true heart of, heart of a pastor does, uh, visitation and stuff like that, it's not even a biblical requirement. Mm -hmm. That's a job for the elders and the deacons and stuff like that. Yeah. But out of the goodness of their heart, for the love of their, you know, for the love that they have for their flock, they go and do that those things anyways. But really, biblically, the main, the, the biblical qualification or the requirement, you know, to a pastor is to study, pray, and preach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's hard. It's hard for a a church's pastor's mind to stay just there when he's having to work a 40 to 60 hour job a week mm -hmm. oh, yeah. so he can support his family. So uh, supporting your pastor financially, that way he can, his mind can stay focused on 
what his church needs him for. Yeah. I fully support that 100%. Yeah. But there's but there's a fine line, though. I mean, and, and you know, when doing they, it. When they're driving Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Or, jets. Yeah. 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 or yeah. flying or, or have their own personal private jet, then it may be winning a little bit too far. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Y'all want to hear something? So you just brought up abortion and um, – I, I'm not, I'm giving all glory to God for this. I mean, this was unexpected and it was amazing. So you know what me and Kelsey went through with miscarriage and everything like right. that. And you know about what they label it as on insurance. If mm-hmm. you miscarry, it's labeled as abortion. Yeah. Well, I told the hospital, I told the doctors, I will not pay a dime towards something that says abortion on it. Yeah. The doctor's office come back and they argued with the insurance company, and we don't owe them a dime. That's awesome. We don't owe Praise them a Lord. dime. That's awesome. That's awesome. They do. I mean, I worked in the insurance industry, and they do for for uh, when you go in to have the what you call it after you have a miscarriage and stuff. They actually diagnosis. They actually put on the on the insurance claim is mm-hmm. abortion. Yep, and they were going to charge Every us because Kelsey had um, that Catholic insurance at the hospital or whatnot. Yeah. And um, they wouldn't cover that because it was labeled abortion. Yeah. 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 Sad world we're living in. It really is, which I mean, and it's, don't get me wrong, if you go out and you drink and you um, lay with a dude and you wind up pregnant, you made your bed, lying it. But how about instead of taking a life if you don't want that baby? How about there are other people out there that can't get pregnant, yeah. that want children? Exactly. How about instead of thinking about yourself, which, don't get me wrong, I get, well, I don't get because I'm a man, but childbirth is painful. You go through so many changes in your body. But how about instead of being selfish, be selfless and maybe help somebody? Well, I think everybody, everybody makes mistakes, but the, I think, um, you know, the, the thing that you hear hear the most on the news outlets and and any protest protest is my body my choice mm-hmm. well, it's not your body you know yeah. it's this baby's the body it's yeah. a separate identifiable you know thing there so you're not making a choice for yourself uh, that's a choice if that's the case if that's the case mm-hmm. would you have chose abortion for yourself yep that's your body yeah no you wouldn't have you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You're using it for this child, mm-hmm. uh, but then you also hear, you know, well, what if it's rape? Well, if it's caused by rape, what if it's caused by incest, something yeah. like that? You know, but you know, rape is actually the lowest that. percentage of how it is. Uh, conception is. Yeah, it is. It's but, like it's like one percent, like one point eight percent, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and it is. But even still, I think we all can concur that those are horrible things that we can be the most sympathetic about. You know, if something like that happened. But at the same time, two wrongs don't make a right. You can't repay evil for evil. Oh yeah. And yeah. something because just because something was happened happened like that to you, which is awful, yeah. you can't take it out on that child. No. Give that child a chance. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, what if you were no? What if you were told when you were like sixteen and you're thirty that happened? Horrible thing. But what if you were told when you were sixteen you'd never have a child of your own? Right. That could be your story. Right. Well, the Bible, you know, Bible says also too. You know, he'll work all things out for good for those that love him or God according to their purpose. You know, what the world 
and somebody meant for evil, God can can turn around, turn turn that mess into a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, just because something like that happened is not the end of the story. No. You know. Uh, Your story is just beginning right. at that point. And, and going back to the church, too, is it's crazy how, you know, people are pushing this. Pastors are pushing it from pulpits and stuff like that. I, uh, I saw a video the other day. It was talking about um, the person who founded Planned Parenthood, which is like, the leading people who do abortions and stuff like that. She was talking to pastors and trying to push that through the congregation because, you know, everybody trusts the pastor, right? You know, if you don't trust the pastor, why are you going to church there in the first place, right? So she was pushing on these pastors to say, hey, this is fine, and pastors would do it. And it's like, that's going back to people not staying solid, or pastors and leaders in the church not staying founded in, you know, God's Word. Because, I mean, that's clear, you know. I mean, everybody, I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people know the Ten Commandments. What's on the Ten Commandments? You know, thou shalt not kill, (laughs) you know. Um, Well, it's it's the the desire for mammon. Is what it is, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, their Planned Parenthood is, is funded. The biggest majority of their funds are due to abortions. Mm-hmm. What does it matter if you if somebody gets an abortion you or not? You know what I'm saying? What does it profit you in particular? You know, for somebody else to get an abortion, it's almost kind of like you're just completely anti-child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what does that matter? You know what, the reason it matters is because that. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. just that. I mean, they're going to they draw draw a lot of finances in. Due to their procedures of approach, yeah. due, due to you know, performing a proportion for somebody. But yeah, like I said, um, a lot of pastors and stuff, they're starting to rely on more of what the world's telling them, and they're yeah. letting the world come into the church yeah. instead mm-hmm. of bringing, the, bringing God and the church to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does say not to conform yeah. to the world. I got this video. Um, y'all shouldn't be able to hear it. Oh, we'll see. Let me unmute this. Mm. All right. This is the first ordained drag queen in the Methodist Church. Huh? The yeah. first ordained drag queen in the Methodist Church. This is Isaac. The Methodist Church has ordained their first drag queen to preach in their churches. And listen to what Isaac has to say in one of his sermons. We are here to learn and to grow and to deconstruct and to reimagine what church can be, who church can be for, and how church can feel together. It can So one thing so that's do, candy for the yeah, world. Yep. Yeah. I I'm, love that. I pause that real quick because <clears throat> he that's dressing up as a girl said we need to re- reimagine what church is, right? That is forming the church around mm-hmm. your thought. Yes. Right? That's not changing your beliefs to align with God. Yeah. You know, that's changing the church to align with your beliefs. Exactly. And it can be a place unafraid to denounce queer phobia, a place unafraid to name the sin of racism and the, to call for an end to Notice he has trouble even speaking right there. The church does not need to deconstruct. Jesus has built the church, and the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. What do you think about this? Let me know down below in the comments. It's crazy, ain't it? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the gospel is already for everybody, so you don't have to just think of who this could be for. The gospel is for everybody that will that's, receive it. That's not gospel. That's just his own personal philosophy. Well, the right true gospel is, is for anybody. Is, um, um, and one thing I wanted, because this is, golly, this just drives me crazy. Phobia isn't a prejudice. Mm-hmm. A phobia is a fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when somebody said, you know, he said, and I quote, queer phobia, you know, or you hear homophobic or transphobic or. Yeah, that by definition, in a literal sense, means I'm afraid of gay people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That doesn't mean I'm prejudiced towards gay people. Yeah. Or homosexuality people. That means I'm afraid of them. Well, they've they've tried to equate the term homophobe with racist. Mm -hmm. Right. A racist, you're making a choice. Right. Homophobe, I mean, it's just, I guess I'm one, you know, in, in the fact that I'm not comfortable being around, you know, that right. type of lifestyle. Now, I'm not going to be mean to them. I'm not going to bash them and call them names and, you know, Mm-mm. or anything yeah. like that. And, you know, I'm, you know, try to, shine the light of Christ for them but at the same time if you and you start making out I'm getting out of this room <laughs> I mean I, I'm jumping up and I'm leaving you know oh yeah yeah. if that makes me a homophobe then I guess I'm homophobe, homophobe you know yeah. and the it's sad just thing about it so is. uncomfortable yeah it is and, that, and, and I didn't choose that Look. to be that way that's just natural it's mm-hmm. natural. That's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. That, that goes against nature. Exactly. Against it goes against God nature. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, There's that inner this time. doesn't work. Oh, yeah. gosh. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have a camera in here. Yeah. Well, another thing, too, <laughs> another thing, too, you know, that you know, you're right. I mean, that goes, it completely contradicts God's design, mm-hmm. you know, for marriage by one man one woman you know conception comes from a man and from a woman yeah. you know that's that's God's design but that can also be backed up by science exactly you know mm-hmm. by biology yeah uh, it, so this our society is is preaching and just pushing that agenda so hard mm-hmm. even my kids my kids I mean my, my two oldest is one's in tenth grade one's in third or fourth grade and one's in third grade uh, they're coming home and telling me about some stuff that they're seeing other other girls do together at that yeah. age. Yeah, it's, you know uh, the. I mean, it just it blows my mind. You know, oh you're already God. starting to see little little books here and there. You know, in the library. You know, that's they're trying they're trying to um, indoctrinate our children yeah. in the public school system. And uh, I know y'all haven't heard our last podcast, but. Like, that's exactly what we talk about is, uh-huh. you know, our, not our children, because I don't have children. John doesn't either. Um, but children in general are under attack every day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, when you don't have those positive influences like a good church and uh, godly parents, you know, it's hard for the kids to understand what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But yeah, uh, we're seeing a lot of false doctrines. Um, one kind of last thing, unless anybody has something, um, 
I saw this video the other day. It was in a church, and they were doing like a Christmas, uh, whatever, entertainment, whatever show, a Christmas show, I guess you could say. And there were, you know, men in the church taking their shirts off, dancing on stage and stuff like that. Yuck. And, um, and they were dancing to a song based on Santa Claus. <laughs> and it's like, like, how are people so blinded, you know, to, you know, completely disregarding God and then, you know, doing stuff such as, you know, dancing shirtless to a song about Santa Claus in a church. Because how, they how are Jesus, confused. Yeah. How is Jesus glorified? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's people just putting on a show trying to get people to come watch, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't care about the salvation of the people there. Well, no. you know, you got to look at what the definition of the church is, you know, and look in the Hebrews where it says, forsaking not the assembly, but exhorting one another, provoking to love and good works. You know, what that's saying is, is, you know, the assembly that it's talking about is the saints. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the ones that start to profess faith in Christ. You're coming together and uniting as one uh, and worshiping God and being encouraged and uplifted up mm-hmm. by each other as you do so. Uh, the, the church, although we can all agree, I mean, you're going to lost souls. I mean, you know, yeah. a church that runs, you know, 300 and going back to, you know, uh, straight as the way narrows the gate, mm-hmm. you know. A church that runs 300 or so, you know, well, I mean, I think I think we could probably all agree it's mm-hmm. very unlikely that everybody in that church is going to be yeah. truly redeemed. Yeah, yeah. Going um, back to um, the what we was just talking about with the um, homosexuality, the homophobia, and everything like that, is um, I heard this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that this was really good. I might have seen it on Facebook too. Is that the rainbow flag does not represent, or the rainbow does not represent sin? The rainbow does not represent homosexuality. It represents God's promise. It is a representation of God's promise. What appeared after the flood? Yeah, right. A rainbow. It is a symbol of God's promises. It is biblical. It is not saying that, it is not a symbol of, hey, I'm going to go watch two dudes make out. Yeah, the homosexual movement has hijacked the rainbow from uh, Christianity and and Mm -hmm. used it for their own purposes and that's just like the devil oh yeah it is the devil likes to you know but I thought that was really interesting even though it was something really simple it just spoke volumes to me just because you know when we was going through all that every time that I would start to get really down and out I'd look up and there was a rainbow right there Uh and I'm like wow well it's a reminder of God's goodnesses and God's Mm -hmm. promises you know and his faithfulness but you know the church we you know it's although we like I was saying we can we can agree that there's going to be people that darken the doors of the church that's not you know not part of the family of God you know that's not that has not made a profession of faith um I mean you saw that all throughout you know I mean Paul preaching to the churches and you know the 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 ministries of the the disciples but um Overall, the church isn't necessarily an evangelical ministry. That's a that's a ministry, mm-hmm. one for us saints, someone to, to come together and worship, 
you know, and be lifted up by one another. But, you know, the evangelical side of the ministry is, is for one, for us individually on a day to by day basis. Yeah. You know, um, but also, like, I mean, for a choir, I mean, I lead choir, you know, for choir, you just say, take choir, for instance, you know, that, that is a ministry, but it's a ministry to God. Everything mm-hmm. that we do within the church, you know, is to uplift and glorify mm-hmm. the name of God. And let him yeah. take control. And when you start doing nonsense like that, like you was talking about with him dancing and stuff, that's not glorifying God. No, no. That's not, that's not glorifying and, God. And it goes back to what I said at the beginning of this, is you're, you're starting to see... Um, a marriage of trying to bring the world into churches yeah. instead of doing that evangel evangelical stuff outside of churches. Um, and so well, just, you know, church, I think, in general, has become so commercialized now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's a business, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, you got churches that's doing that, thinking that well, if they well, if I can entice them, well, look, well, we all agree that we we know what what our life was like before we met Christ. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It yeah, is, you know, hundred percent. Uh, so, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to entice, entice people with a little bit of sin, just to draw them in. That's not exactly the what God meant by making us fishers of men. No. It's you know, only a fool uh, can think that you can reach people to Christ by a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we we push for excellence because God deserves the very best we have to offer but it's not the excellence and, and the stuff and our approach that that draws people draws uh, people to God it's the Holy Spirit that draws yeah. people to God and, you know? and I like that you just said fool too because I wrote down this verse I don't think I've ever heard this verse or if I had I'd forgotten about it um, but it's Proverbs 18 verse 2 it says a fool hath no delight in understanding but that his heart may discover it itself. Mm-hmm. That means they're thinking of their own truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, that's what that means. Yeah. And, um, and you know, fools despise wisdom and understanding. Uh, we're taught that multiple times in, in Proverbs. Um, but In an effort to draw the world, the church thinks, a lot of churches think they have to become like the world. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, the scripture, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Our job is to lift him up. That's exactly yep. right. His job is to do the drawing. Yeah. yeah. If we're doing what, if we do what we're supposed to do, and if he does what he's supposed to, what he said he's going to do, then Everything we'll, get, we'll, get the one, we'll get the ones in here he wants us to have, you know. And I've made mistakes uh, before, you know, in choir and stuff. Um, and some people have looked at me like, "What?" You know, like I was a little taken back. Right? But you know, we don't we don't come to church uh, to receive our blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't come to church to get people saved. We come to church to worship and lift the name of Jesus mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. All right. And if we come Him, you know, Him first, Him Him in that order. That yeah. you know, God comes first. Over everything, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and if we're in that order, we come inviting His presence in, you know, bringing, you know, just welcoming Him in, you know, putting Him first. He is the number one in our minds, and we are lifting Him up with our highest, you know, to our highest regard of praise. Well, He's going, you're going to be blessed, yeah. and you're, and somebody there that's not saved is going to be saved. They're going to be moved yeah. by that. Yeah. But it goes in that order. Yeah. 
You know, it's not the other way around. I know in my own personal salvation experience, that's what, going back to that verse, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. That's what drew me. That's what made me want right. to become a Christian. That's right. Is seeing Christians make a big deal out of Jesus. Right. Yeah. When Christians make a big deal out of Jesus, it makes lost people want to become Christians. Yeah. So it was a realization of like, hey, yeah. I don't know what they have, but I want it. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. There's something that they've got that I'm missing. Yeah. You know? It's like, how do I get that? Oh, let me just tell you something. Yeah. But, Tyler, you got anything else for us? I was just going to say, um, with everything that we talked about, um, it's important to be that difference and not become um, in the same state of mind as a lot of these churches and stuff that we've talked about in here. Um, but I've, I'm pretty much done. Do you have mm -hmm. anything else to add or anything? Uh, I'll go ahead and close it out with this. John fourteen six is, and this is Jesus talking, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. No man cometh to the Father but by me. And so if you feel that little tug in your heart, that's not the preacher on the TV. That's not the pastor that goes to the Methodist church saying, hey, if you give me $50, then I'll pray you into heaven. Jesus is the way, the only way. Think about that. Will you pray us out, John? Yeah, absolutely. Good God, we thank you for this day, dear Lord. Thank you for this these, this group of four men here, Lord, coming together, dear Lord. Lord, even though we are we're having Bible discussion, uh, Lord, we are we are worshiping you, and and while we are here, Lord, and just and just bringing to light your word, God. I'm so thankful for your word that you've given us, dear Lord, and, and uh, the power that it holds within, dear Lord. And Lord, I just pray, God, that if anybody, if there's anybody here that may be listening to this podcast, podcast, Lord, that uh, they'll find just a glimmer of hope, dear Lord, for whatever circumstances that they are going through, Lord, but also that they may, that just the joy that I feel that we have shown that, that abounds within us, maybe just rub off on them a little bit, dear Lord, and they may, you know, just spark, that may have sparked some curiosity, some interest, dear Lord, and want to know more about this Jesus that we're talking about. And Lord, and, you know, whatever else, somebody else that may be listening, whatever need they have, dear Lord, I just pray, dear Lord, that this has helped them you know, in some way, I get a lot, the Lord, and I just, I just ask the Lord that you bless us for our efforts, the Lord. This is all for the furtherment of your kingdom, the Lord, and I just pray, I pray that you bless us, the Lord, and try to give us traveling mercies as we go about our way, and we love you and praise you. Amen. 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 And uh, I'd like to say thanks for Robbie and Yeah, Bob thank you, guys. Um, You're very welcome. So that, we'll I'm not trying to be... <laughs> yeah, we're still. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and end it. Um, but but thank you guys for here. listening, and um, we hope and pray that y'all have a blessed week, and uh, tune in next time. Sorry about that. <laughs> Never done podcast. Nobody but Jesus.